how many times have you been in a church service or seen it on TV or in a prayer meeting when they said we got to have a corporate repenting and humble ourselves and pray because if we do then God is going to heal America. Uh what verse is that? Hey, welcome to uh, a new episode of the Kingdom Project podcast and uh so you've learned some principles of interpretation. Mhm. Let's just knock this one out of the park, okay? Second Chronicles 7:14. Get your Bibles out, my friends. I'm going to be uh, reading from the ESV, and we're going to go over this and find out the context. Okay, this is the key understanding to all text in the Bible. So, as I started off and said, you've probably been in many services or prayer meetings, and you've seen a lot of posts lately because of the COVID-19 pandemic that's been hitting the world. But here in America, we're a special group of uh, people, aren't we? Yeah. So, uh, why? Because... I don't one nation under God. All right, I've talked about that several times on this, all right? It doesn't matter who said or who thinks or if they even did make a covenant with God when they founded this country, there is no evidence that God responded back because there would have had to been a cutting of the covenant ceremony. And there wasn't. The, the nation cannot be in covenant with God. God being in covenant with the nation is no longer relevant. It's was put, uh, put away with once God and Christ came together for the new covenant. Okay. So second Chronicles seven fourteen. if my people, who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. So, I mean, just right off, I mean, churches say are using this like he's going to hear us and forgive us of our sins. Hasn't, he already forgiven us of our sins. Okay, so as you can tell by the last episode that we did, the key to understanding then is context. Okay, these hermeneutical principles that I have put forth. Okay, there's immediate context, which is the verses before and after. And then you also have the larger context of scripture. Okay, and which could be a, a chapter uh, before and after or like the whole actual book that this scripture comes from okay it's how the verse fits into the overall story all right we have historical and uh, cultural context as well which is how the verse was understood by its original audience okay this is uh audience relevance in light of their history and culture and since context is so important a verse whose meaning and application seems straightforward when quoted in isolation may mean something completely different when it's taken in context. Okay, so when we approach this in Second Chronicles, we have to know the immediate context. And that would be that after Solomon dedicated the temple, the Lord appeared to him. He gave him some warnings, 
and he gave him some reassurances. <laughs> Can't talk. So the Lord appeared to him at night and said, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. Okay. He shut up the heavens so there was no rain. Uh, there was locusts, devoured land, and all these things that happened. Okay. So the immediate context of 714 shows that the verse is tied up with Israel, a nation, all right, that was in covenant with the Lord. All right. This is tied to Israel and the temple and the fact that from time to time, God might send judgment upon the land in different forms, like droughts, locusts, pestilence. All right. A, f- a few a few verses later, God says, but if you turn away and forsake the decrees and commands I have given you and you go off to serve other gods and worship them then I will uproot Israel from my land, which I have given them, and will reject this temple I have consecrated for my name. All right. And he he goes on. And that's why I say get your Bibles out. I want you to look at this after this episode and read it in context, okay? So Solomon recognized there was a warning here, okay? And this warning is is coming from Deuteronomy 28, all right? God had entered into a covenant with Israel and promised to take care of them, to cause them to prosper as long as they obeyed him, they obeyed the covenant. So he also promised them to bring curses if they failed to obey, all right? So because of this covenant relationship, There was a direct correspondence between their obedience and their prosperity and their disobedience and hardship. Now, Deuteronomy 28 spells all all of it out, all the blessings for obedience and all the curses for disobedience. Okay, divine blessing and divine punishment on Israel were conditional on obedience or disobedience. So we see this blessing and cursing <clears throat> under the law played out in the book of uh, Judges. So you have to understand there's so many of these things that are, are in, in the different sections of the of these books in the Old Testament, okay? But in Judges chapter 2, it's often referred to as the cycle of the Judges, okay? Israel would fall into sin. God sends another nation to judge them. Israel repents, calls upon the Lord, and then the Lord would raise up a judge to deliver them. Uh, They would serve the Lord for a while, and then the whole cycle would continue. So in 2 Chronicles 7, the Lord simply reminds Solomon of the previous agreement that if Israel obeys, then they will be blessed. If they disobey, they're going to be judged. Okay, The judgment is meant to bring Israel to repentance. And God assures Solomon that that if they will humble, pray, and repent, then God will deliver them from judgment. So the, in context, 2 Chronicles 7, 14 is a promise to ancient Israel. Okay? It's a promise to ancient Israel that if they repent and return to the Lord, he's going to rescue them. However, Many today, many believers in the West, all right, in the United States, uh, 
take this as a rallying a rallying cry for America. Okay? And in this interpretation, Christians are the people who are called by God's name. All right? If Christians will humble themselves and pray and seek God's face and repent, then God will heal their land, often in a moral and political healing, and then that would result in economic healing as well. All right? Now, so is that a proper interpretation or application? It's not. No. We just went over the proper interpretation. So remember that some of the principles I said, one interpret, one interpretation. Now, I did say many applications, but would that be an application? No. Because the first problem here with this westernized interpretation that comes up is that the United States does not have the same covenant relationship with God that ancient Israel enjoyed. It's just not there. They don't have it. The covenant with Israel was unique. It was exclusive. And the terms that applied to Israel simply did not, does not, will never not apply to any other nation ever. So it is improper for these terms to be co-opted and applied to a different nation. Now, some are going to object to that. Uh, some object uh, might object that Christians are still called by God's name and in some ways have uh, inherited this, all right? Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. But um, there's another problem that it's overlooked because when, when ancient Israel repented and sought God, they were doing so uh, altogether, the whole nation the nation as a whole repented so obviously not every single uh israel uh israelite re, uh, uh repented and prayed but still it was national repentance all right there was never any indication that just a small minority of the nation which is known as a remnant could repent and pray and that the fate of the entire nation would change god promised deliverance when the entire nation repented. So when Second Chronicles 7.14 is applied to Christians in the United States or in the, any other modern nation, it's usually with the understanding that the Christians in the nation, okay, it's the Christians in that nation, the true believers who have been born again, will comprise some sort of righteous remnant. But God never promised that if a righteous remnant repents and prays for their nation that the nation would be saved now if a national repentance actually occurred yeah but it wouldn't save the nation it would save the individuals in the nation because god is dealing with individuals today all right having said that uh you should know that the old covenant is different in the new covenant where the old was made with the nation. The new is between God and Christ and individuals are welcomed in through faith alone, grace alone, and placed in Christ. All right. So uh, <laughs> uh, even if God did use our efforts to bring about some sort of national repentance or awakening and revival, there is still no guarantee that the nation would be politically or economically saved. 
All right. Because we are now guaranteed, okay, in the new covenant, personal salvation in Christ. And we are also guaranteed that God will use us to accomplish his purposes, whatever those may be. So it's our duty as believers then to follow Christ, to be in Christ, to seek God, pray, share the gospel, and share that reconciliation, knowing that all who believe will be saved, right? But the Bible does not guarantee political, cultural, or economic salvation of our nation now. It's just not there. This is Second Chronicles 7.14 in context. It was exclusive to Israel. It's not for America or any other nation today. So I would plead with you to look at that in its full context and, and understand it in that way and to stop using it for rallying, uh, uh, rallying, <laughs> I can't even say the word, to rally people up in a frenzy to start a revival, to start an awakening, or to get this nation saved. You will never get the nation of the United States saved. You will get the individuals who are citizens of the United States saved. But the nation, under God and all that, was stuff that men has placed to be respectful of uh, some historical uh, happenings and, and things like that. But the number one thing was f religious freedom for uh, all religions here, right? <laughs> anyway, I'll stop rambling. I'm trying to make these short. But that's the context. So let's put it back in context and leave it there and see if you can find something else. Maybe the gospel would help to uh, help start helping uh, healing your town, your region, your state, and then the country. I don't know, but maybe the gospel is the way to go instead of uh, applying an, uh, a, 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 an Old Testament promise by God to a nation that he was in covenant with thousands of years ago that is no longer valid today. All right, there you guys go. There's another episode. Any uh, comments, disagreements, <laughs> uh, send them my way at the Kingdom Project Podcast at gmail.com. And until next time, read your Bible in context.